This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Find us from your TV. MTS customers, guys, you can look for us over on channel 704 and Rogers Atlantic. Look for us on channel 196. Visit ami.ca slash audio for a list of channel locations in your area. Margaret Weldon joining me today on the program. Kelly McDonald with you as we open the gateway to the weekend here on a Friday edition of Kelly and Company. Wherever you're listening in, thank you for being with us. Well, I made a mistake before the break, Mags. I, I, I thought we were getting into one of our two-thirds Vancouver hour, um, and, and we're not today because we're staying west, but way out there. As a matter of fact, we'd go from talking with Grant about trying to navigate through slush and snow to somebody navigating through the warm desert wind that blows into Vegas every once in a while, like uh, every 10, minutes, 10 seconds or so. John Beeler joins us for our weekly app update. And uh, welcome, sir. How's life? How's weather? How was the tech show? Uh, fantastic. All around. Although the weather was a little chilly a few days. And we they had the big uh, wrap-up party last night at a big festival fairgrounds, and it was cold. Wow. It's it's funny when you hear that, eh? and people say, hey, you mean you went there? It's like people think, oh, it's such an anomaly for it to happen. And I mean, I'm not suggesting for a moment they're getting minus 10 like we were talking to Grant about. But, uh, you know, the cooler weather does, does happen out there. Uh, was the show good? It was fantastic. It was Amazon Web Services big show and they were showing off all the new technology that basically takes advantage of the cloud. Wow. Oh, oh. Lots of stuff to talk about in the upcoming weeks uh, about it. I think so. Yes. Okay. Let's start. And of course we know on Fridays with you <clears throat> and today we've been maybe not being as, as cheerful of a, of a show <laughs> as we try to be on Fridays, but we know with yourself, we've got some information for people they got to know about a Twitter data leak exposes over 5.4 million accounts. Wow. This is crazy. Yeah, we actually talked about this a little while ago when it first happened. Uh, I think it was in the summertime. Oh, we did. And, yes. Yeah, and and to, to, at the time, Twitter said nothing was compromised, no nothing big deal. was exploited. Yeah. But now we've found out since then that uh, those five point four million uh, records have been uh, posted on the dark web. So, um, what this means for for people uh, is that if you have a Twitter account. You probably had to set up some kind of authentication with an SMS or telephone number, uh, your email address, and probably other things like maybe your birth date even. So that would all be in part of that data breach. Um, And when we think about this kind of thing, of course, we're looking at identity theft and so many other things. Is there other, when you talk on the dark web, people who are sitting here saying, because a lot of people who use Twitter Lose it like I do. They just go out. They look for their their the people they're following. Maybe tip you know something a tip on something or uh, baseball trades as I like and that kind of thing. We don't really think of it as somewhere. Well, well, I didn't put anything real personal out there. We forget, don't we, from the day we sign up to uh, something like this happening. Uh, absolutely. What I would sort of consider those accounts to be, I mean, I think Twitter's evolved and it's become a more useful tool for people than when it first came out, but. Um, whenever you're creating a new account somewhere, you don't have to give them your exact 
birth date. You don't have to give them your exact, um, well, you, you have to give them your phone number if you need to verify it with a text message. But, you know, you can have sort of a, a plan in place so that if someone was to get this information, they're not actually going to be able to do much with it because it's not 100% accurate. Accurate, yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're looking here at where most of us think, well, what are you going to get in there and do to my account? Post some silly nonsense on my account? Go crazy. We're looking a little more deeper than that on a level of you wouldn't know. You probably would never know someone's running around calling themselves, you know, Kelly McDonald and getting into trouble for it because it wouldn't be happening. You If the data in there allows them to basically steal that identity, create an identity, whatever it might be that's logistic, you know, legitimate, they're off to the races doing it. Yeah. And and the thing is, it's not just on that account. Like, right. They can maybe get into your Twitter account, but they can use those bits of data and add them to a database with more data and build out a bigger profile about you and get a credit card or buy a car or do all these other crazy things. Yeah. Wow. Um. What 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 would you say people should do? Should we go in and and change some? Maybe late the horse out of the barn. Um, obviously, you, you're you're not going to. They're not going to be able to go and retrieve all that data, delete it, or dispose of it. So it's there. It's it's what's done is done. It's forward thinking. Right. We have to do. Yeah, it, it, you just have to be proactive with your accounts. Use unique um, passwords. Use unique um, email addresses if you can. If you have that ability. Um, and that's the only way you can really protect yourself because if one service gets hacked, potentially any service that you used those credentials with um, could be compromised in some way. Okay. Oh, imagine that, eh? Um, Canadian carrier carrier tracking devices include tracking devices from Facebook and Google and things like that. What do you have to tell us about this, John? So one of the things that we've we've talked about a lot on this segment is uh, how a lot of websites like to track you for all kinds of different reasons. And by tracking, I mean, uh, basically, they put these little breadcrumbs or cookies uh, in the web page, the, say, the mass marketing email that you get, those types of things. And it lets them know that you've opened that email, that you've opened that app, that you're doing certain things. And uh, recently, someone discovered that all of the Canadian carriers, uh, your TELUS, your Bell, your Rogers, your Shaw, et cetera, they all have their own mobile apps that you use to do things like pay your bill and add and remove services, that type of thing. Well, they discovered uh, using uh, a tool called DuckDuckGo, which actually has this tracking functionality built into it. And it actually shows you what kinds of things have been tracked. Uh, so he installed all the browser or all, sorry, all the carrier apps and made a list of all the things that they actually track. And there's a lot of stuff in here that seems innocuous, but, you know, again, they don't need to know this information about your device. And it's everything from like your, <clears throat> the version of the software that you're running on, on their app. It's also the version of the operating system on your phone. It's also things like your location, unique identifiers, how much storage do you have available on your device? A lot of data. Like it's it's kind of crazy how much, like literally thousands of bits of data that are tracked by some of these apps for no apparent reason. Hmm. You know, it, it's funny because I, I sit here as you list off a few of those things and you think, well, okay, maybe they're figuring, well, whoever they're selling to or wherever else, who else is getting this information, this research, 
I, I think down the way you can see maybe where they figure they could utilize. Oh, you've got storage space. So maybe we could pump out some things that you feel you could keep or want to keep and that be okay. Who, who knows in the way of the marketing and, and obviously for, for a carrier, it would be to, to, to make a little extra money. But we also don't know where that information, who else is getting it, what, how they're benefiting from passing that on from tracking this, do we? No, we don't. And like you said, there's a couple different ways they can use this data. I mean, one, the most obvious reason, and, and this was the response from a, a number of the carriers that were asked to comment about this, was the fact that um, we use this data, they use this data for uh, the the ability to better understand the sort of the geography of the people that are using the particular app so that they can make improvements to it. That's fine. But, you know, there's a lot of I would I would call them non-necessary trackers in there as well. And I mean, maybe they have a reason, but I suspect really what's happened is the developers, they have to hit a checkbox saying include this information and they just checked all the boxes. Um, and so I suspect now that some of this has been exposed, those um, the developers of those particular apps are going to probably go back and remove all the unnecessary stuff and maybe lighten the load a little bit on these tracking requests. Yeah, I would love to see that because I think the biggest problem is then we talk about it and people listening in, well, why are they doing that? Well, it sets us in that kind of panic because no one's disclosing whereas you know the companies are, well who cares i don't know like in the average staff member the average higher up management says well it's just part of the way the thing works who cares right um it's so hard to know or feel yeah is that the case or is information that 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 you're collecting somehow going to impact me and i guess that's where it gets kind of we stop and say yeah, but why hasn't anyone said this is going on anywhere? Well, where? I don't know, but how come? Absolutely. And most of the time, they'll just pass the buck to the to the next person up the chain. Yeah, for sure. Vancouver startup, Celeste, is that how you say it? Celeste? Um, yeah. uh, unveiled AI glasses for the vision impaired community. Uh, what is this? This is kind of cool sounding. Another product. Yeah, this actually is really interesting. This is a pair of glasses. They look like normal glasses. Um, they have a little bit fatter frames. And there's actually a camera right in the middle above your nose that it's, it's meant for you have to have the ability to have a video call with, say, friends, family. Um, they also offer an AI service that does a really couple of really interesting things. So one, you can have you know your your friend or family member on the line. They can see what you can see, and they can explain what you're seeing. Um, the, the AI can actually do things like object detection and tell you what you're looking at. And it can even read things like if there's a sign or a menu, those types of things. Um, it's, it's a pretty neat set of technology tools, not unlike like Google glass, but sort of reconfigured right. for a more normal presentation and, um, a very interesting use case. Um, the other thing it has is it has bone conducting, uh, earbuds sort of built into the, into the, into the frame. Into so the when you're wearing it. Nobody else can hear what you're hearing, and you're hearing it inside your head. If that makes and, sense. And it doesn't distract you or fill up your ear, because we all know, obviously, as, as low vision or blind people, we can't walk around with headsets on our head like some people do, crossing streets, or you're, you're a goner. Um, so I, I love that. And I also love, and, and maybe the price tag hopefully will reflect this as a 
more useful for the everyday person, that person that doesn't have to be a tech person wanting something like the Google Glasses to do a lot, but somebody who might find they, they have to do, they do a lot of walking and once in a while may find themselves in a lost area or if they're out shopping and they want to buy a card for someone or even just shopping, have that person who's at home and says, you're at the store. Okay, let's go through. All right, now you're walking into the you know the poultry area. Let's do, Oh, there's the chicken. Let's look at those prices and be able to literally walk with you through and and make you have that independence maybe you're that person in the family who's the most mobile when other people who aren't but they they can see um if you're utilizing so many of these practical but more basic functions nothing too too tough too hard um i, I hope it comes with a nice price tag it, it actually is on sale right now it's 750 dollars nice um they're nice. going to be shipping early next year and uh, it's a pretty neat project. I, I I think a lot of the listeners might be interested in checking out. You think you're going to really, it, this is to me the kind of thing that changes a lot for people because I know we're very happy with things like Ira and stuff like that. But again, as we always talk about prices for, for people in the community, a lot of time people aren't working. So things become a little prohibitive, but this is like a a one shot or maybe a few family members get together and pool enough money together to be able to buy something like this. And, you know, long as they don't get damaged or whatever, um, really everybody joining together could really make this a, a wonderful tool that you can use, including the AI help on it. Like you said, where it can identify certain things. Yeah, no, it, it looks like a really interesting product and it's kind of cool. It's from Vancouver. Yeah, I'm sure you check these out, John, let us know. And uh, maybe we'll get a demo from you sometime with them. <laughs> for sure what's it telling you john it's saying go find something to eat never mind <laughs> take care pal <laughs> see you later uh john Beeler, of course joining us as he does on fridays for the program with the app update margaret someone like yourself you know you're not really a techie person does that kind of thing appeal to you if you were you know again you don't have to be going out every day to make the thing worthwhile uh, you know is that a cost that you could say hey you know what i i could get some help with that could and to be quite honest with you um i i don't think i would have to be going out every day to use it i mean no, i even at your computer right? right like if you had some yeah. difficulty or you know and needed some some help some visual help well i'm not just that kelly but it's also the fact too i don't know that i've had a day go by where i haven't wished i had a pair of functioning eyes for 30 seconds you know because you put something down and then you find out that no it's not where you put it and nobody else is around you know so, I mean, I, it, it can happen with that, yeah. You bet. And like you said, you don't have to be running out. You, it's that everyday use. Margaret and I will step aside for a couple of moments. When we return, a Blind Square app, has the Blind Square app, excuse me, has added a trail in Niagara Falls to make the nature trail more accessible for the blind and partially sighted community. Karen McGee has those details next. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.